This is Derek Moyer, and welcome to the Freedom Fighter Podcast. So welcome, friends, to another Freedom Fighter podcast. <laughs> Hope you're excited about this one. Uh, we're on to week three of critical thinking, and we're looking this week at this from a biblical perspective. We have got great things in store for you. Light that leads to life, truth that makes free. So really pray this really deeply encourages you, really blesses you, really brings insight uh, and enlightenment. Uh, to your heart and your mind and how do I deal with these thoughts that are coming against me what does the Bible tell me to do with this and uh, how do I win in the battle for my heart and my mind so listen in this week guys and be blessed good to see everybody and for those of you who will catch up with the, the film or the the podcast welcome um, we're on week 3 of our series on critical thinking and I've been reflecting on uh, you know the the amazing progress and results that I've personally been experiencing in the people's lives I've been working with. Started off the series with two, as, as I mentioned, two people who had said things to me that made me become aware of a need, and I thought, how do I help? And the first one was about a friend who was not critiquing his thoughts he was just accepting lies um, and believing lies that was causing such pain so thank God I'm seeing great progress with him and then there was the um, the other lady that I mentioned last week who um, you know who wasn't able to disconnect for the shame the hopelessness that was attached to the years of unresolved conflict in her life, within herself and we in relationship with others. And I spoke to her on Friday, and she had told me what I was telling her. Was She said, for the first time, I have sensed how I disconnect for this. But we'll get the other day about the need to face these things, to get them out. You can't critique something if it's stuck and pushed down. If you just run away from it and push it inside and push it down, it's still got all power over you. And then I've got another friend I'm helping. And I'm seeing how important, uh, through the circumstances that are really difficult for them, very challenging, and I mean, I'm very uh, proud of them and, and actually... Admiring him, the way he's handling the situation that men at his age experiencing this kind of thing, a lot would just quit and a lot would just not even bother. They would get angry, they would get bitter. But he's keeping a sense of perspective in in the face of a a challenging separation. And so all, all these cases, all these people I'm talking about, are really giving me absolute clear evidence that we need to learn to think critically about how we process our lives, process the situations we face, as ultimately our behaviour is caused by our beliefs. 
So having this sense of critical thinking that we've that we've identified that, um, you know, thinking about what we're thinking about before we just, you know, unquestionably accept ideas as worthy of our beliefs. Because accepting the wrong things is going to lead to belief. My behaviour is going to be caused by my beliefs. So I accept the wrong things. It's going to result in behaviour. Like if this guy accepts that this is terrible, I'm this, I'm that, it's all my fault, she shouldn't do this. Resentment, anger leads to angry acts. So being able to critically think about how we're processing things and taking responsibility for that is, you know, um, is essential for us all to develop it. So the day we're going to focus on a biblical perspective, a critical thinking. So we'll go a bit further in uh, defining what the Bible says about us. So I'm just going to open up with prayer, guys. So Father, we, we worship you this morning. We worship you today. Anytime whoever's listened to this, God, we join hearts. We worship you. We praise you. We thank you that you are the light of the world. Jesus says that anyone who follows me will not walk in darkness, but he will have the light that leads to life. Light, understanding, knowledge that helps us uh, walk in a path that leads to life. No death and destruction and failure and frustration, but victory, hope, transformation, restoration, healing, victory, joy. That's what we, I pray God through this message today, a message of, of joy, victorious joy, when hearts receive uh, light and understanding that will lead to life for them. So we come in agreement, we're believing in faith, God, uh, for for this for these messages to bring forth that kind of fruit in, in my life today, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So, we we shared, um, you know, the, the definition, I mentioned at the beginning, that, that, that uh, if, you, if you look it up, up on Google, critical thinking for instance, you'll see a lot that's came from Greek philosophy. And I mentioned it was Socrates who kind of introduced the world to this term, critical thinking. And uh, so... And, and, you know, when I've done a wee bit of research, I, I, I got a quote from Aristotle who says, It's the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. So, that's really good. To be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. So today we're looking at, what does the Bible say about this? Well, you hear what these philosophers have said and we can find tons of books and tons of uh, studies done about them. But we want to say, what does the Bible say? What's the Bible's position on it? What's the point of view the Bible uh, promotes, the stance, the position, the attitude? So I'm going to give a couple of scriptures this morning. Familiar passages but we'll just go over them uh, uh, to establish the truth here. We start with Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. So this is um, Solomon uh, writing 
his proverbs of wisdom. And this proverb says this, Keep and guard your heart, for out of it flows all the issues of your life. The two words he uses, keep and guard. Keep means cause it to continue in a specified condition. And guard means to watch over it in order to protect. Why is he saying this? Why? Why do you, why do you want to keep it in a specified condition? Why do you need to, to watch over it and protect it? Because out of it, he says, flows all the issues of your life. The original word, issues, it's basically saying it's the source of where all your life comes from. Um, it's such a revelation, isn't it, when you think of this, that what, how, how I process the situations in my life results in how I respond and react to them. The content of my heart is going to result in the content of my behaviour in a lot of ways. Many times have we experienced that, you know, I get the wrong end of the stick and I end up reacting the wrong way. Um, Jesus said this in Luke chapter 6. He says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good fruit. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil fruit. Now it's important to uh, understand that when he says evil here, it's not about, oh, this, there's good and there's evil people. He's not talking about evil and in, in, intrinsic character, inherent character. He's talking about evil in effect or influence, rather than the evil in character. So he's saying what, what the content of your heart, what is in your heart, if it's good, pleasing, or if it's evil and influence, is going to result in what's going to come out of your heart. Right? So it's clearly established. Which of your lists, some other translations. The easy read version said this, Be careful what you think, because your thoughts control and run your life. Good news, Bible says, your life is shaped by your thoughts, so be careful. Guard your heart and your mind. The message says, your life starts there. Guard it. New Living Translation said, it's going to determine the course of your life. The Passion Translation says, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. So, it's clear for that verse that there is an emphasis on what you're allowing in your heart is going to create a, re a result in your life. It's going to determine the course of your life. Your life is going to be shaped by this stuff. And it's going to come out whether you allow good or evil and influence in. So that's an Old Testament uh, you know, foundation, a view that this is so important, how you interpret and process your life. Um, 
so it's saying keep, and I, I'd never saw this word, I'd, I'd always looked at the word guard, but the word keep was to cause it to continue in a specified condition. It's quite a descriptive word. When you think that I've got a responsibility to keep my heart in the right shape, keep it in the right condition. We're going to get to how we do that, but and then we talk about guarding it, protecting it. Yes, protect it for what? I'm going to get back to Sun Tzu, the Chinese military commander. Wrote the Art of War. He. 500 years before Christ, um, he wrote another quote that I felt was really helpful. He said, if you know yourself and you know your enemy, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. But he said, if you know yourself and you don't know your enemy, for every victory you gain, you'll also suffer a defeat. And he says, if you know neither, you're going to get whooped and beat and succumb in every battle. Um, tremendous light on the art of war but you bring this into your inner life if all you uh, see is uh, it's only me it's only my thoughts from a biblical perspective uh, you're, you're blindsided because the biblical perspective is very clear that we have an adversary we have an enemy who, who is out to steal, kill and destroy. He's out to steal our freedom, he's out to kill our hearts, he's out to destroy our lives. This enemy through scripture is called uh, the accuser of the brethren. He's called the father of lies. He's called a thief. Now you think of the father of lies, or, uh, you know, the, the first man and woman on the earth, Adam and Eve, in Genesis chapter 3. Um, this picture, this, this you know, uh, picture plays out in how the enemy, the serpent of old, deceives Eve, deliberately causes someone to believe something that's not true, gives a mistaken impression by telling her lies, and it results in the fall of man. So there's how he's called the father of lies. And, uh, you know, from a biblical standpoint, it's important to know our enemy. Um, I'm going to turn on to the next scripture, which is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3-5. And I'll just read it, actually. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, as men, women, we're not carrying on uh, our, our warfare, our spiritual warfare according to the flesh, using the weapons of the world. This is the amplified version. The weapons of our warfare are no physical, they're no flesh and blood, but they're divinely powerful for the overthrowing and the destruction of strongholds. We destroy sophisticated Arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, we take every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. This portion of scripture describes a battle. 
It defines our weapons and it details where we've got to fight. Just stay with me. I know it's, uh, you know, for some, hearing that for the first time, it maybe sound kind of wordy. But the bottom line is, um, this is talking about where, 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 where this battle is. It describes to us our weapons. And it details how and where we've got to fight. It mentions about casting down and refuting, uh, which is to deny statements or accusations. Deny imaginations, thoughts, reasonings, theories, every proud thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. I heard a guy say years ago, he talked about how people take these things and they go way up the top of mountains and hills and start doing prayer over places. And he says, the place of the real battle is in the heart and mind of of our souls. Um, you know, this is Spiritual Warfare 101. This is where the critical thinking comes in. According to the Bible. As I have got to cast down and overthrow and refute the imaginations and thoughts and reasonings, theories and every proud thing that gets into my mind and the battleground of my mind uh, so that I can wage a good warfare for the battle for my heart and my mind. It's all about the thoughts in our heads. We talk about critical thinking, we talk about, you know, thinking about what we're thinking about, questioning what we're, we, we, we accept and what we're agreeing with, and how much that can save us so much unnecessary heartache and despair and doubt and fear. John Eldridge wrote, you know, in this category, um, he had been dealing with a, with a guy who his life was... You know, it, it was in the downward spiral for years because nobody had ever told him about this category and how he had to fight in this way. And in the end of his explanation of the case, the, the, this guy's uh, case, you know, he mentions how people who are sitting in counselling offices for a year, years, and are going run and run the same old mountains. They, it could end by just breaking agreement with some of these lies that they've, they've accepted about themselves, which I totally agree with. Because I feel it was like, could, if, you, if you just break it down, people could be sitting in a counselling situation about their inferiority and an inadequacy, when the bottom line is, it, some of that stuff could just be broken agreements with. You know, I, I, I'm, I've accepted these lies about myself, that I am this. You know, and, and so there is a part to play that, I need to know myself, yeah, it's not just about this un unbalanced view of saying, uh, you know, cast down every argument against me, every accusation. You know, we have to examine ourselves. It's not just about picking, uh, uh, you know, no, no recognising that we, we do need to question and examine and judge ourselves. But, um, you know, the, the emphasis is on the wrong things when they come in. I need to be able to know my enemy. 
No myself, no my enemy. I don't need to work, uh, I don't need to fear the result of a hundred battles. Am I saying this is easy? It's not easy. There's a price. There's a cost. Jesus said, "Enter in by the narrow gate. Wide is the gate. Broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many go in that way. But discipline and difficult. Narrow is the gate. Discipline and difficult is the way that leads to life, and there are few who find it. You know, I remember." <laughs> I heard a quote from one of my first tremendous books that gave, had a massive impact on me. The guy says, he who swims against the stream comes to the source. And what he was saying was, you know, you, you just go downstream with the world. Anything goes. I don't take a stand against anything. I, I, um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't, you know, go against the tide. Um, you know, it's like the, that's a broad way that leads to destruction, and many are going that way. Um, so, have I got some good news? Have I got news today? I tell you, me and Vince were away in Italy with Linda and Daniel in mid middle of the year there, and uh, we were going through some stuff. Joyce Meyer book on rejection. And she mentioned how, in her teaching, when she's doing a subject, God brings something. Usually, brings something up in her life to teach her it, the very thing she's talking about. Have I had that story this week? Uh, Matt, you wouldn't believe this. I, <laughs> me and Linda, the, 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 the stuff we went through. After it happened, it was after speaking to Vince, I had this epiphany. I had actually prayed. I don't want to be quoting somebody else's experience with this message. I know I could read, I could get somebody's, uh, you know, like the best stuff, I could get some guys I really respect's thoughts on this. But, there was just something about me going, I, I, I need, I need, I need some in my own life fresh. <laughs> Did I get fresh information for this? I'll tell you. It was actually two things. Um, and, the, the first was an experience that I'm in in my college at the minute. And uh, what, what, to know, uh, be naming too much stuff, but no, you know, but what really, what really came across was this person is so taken up with theoretical, intellectual uh, stuff. And I felt attacked and assaulted by by uh, the use of these theories by her. And uh, this week I'd, I'd, I'd received a quote for uh, A.W.A. Tozer. He said, listen to no man or woman who has not listened to God. Right? And this came through pain. There was elements of this for me in pain. That actually I had to discern what was hers and what was mine. And should I receive something that exalts itself against the knowledge of God? These proud, arrogant, intellectual arguments. What philosophy, some of the other translations, talks about uh, about Second Corinthians 3 and 5. Um, you know... You have to be able to recognise. No, I, I, I'm, I'm, I refute that. 
I'm not I'm not accepting that. I'm not agreeing with that. So that was part of critical thinking. This week. But then the, the biggest one came. Both me and Linda. And you wouldn't believe the level of mal- malice, this desire to harm, the hatred that was behind uh, the accusations that we received in a lawyer's letter uh, regarding the, uh, uh, a court case uh, over guardianship uh, of my wife's son. The accusation, the judgement, the character assassination that's all driven by malice and vengeance. Oh, and look, any one of us, whether the the attacks are coming directly to you, you know, however it comes that, you know, you're getting assaulted in your own head about, you know, just for a voice in your head, or if it's coming through somebody else, if it's coming through another means, the accusation, the judgment, and as I say, you have to be able to recognise, know yourself. Sometimes things are getting said that you need to be able to take stock on and correct. But other times like this, it is absolute bottom of the barrel malicious accusation and judgement. Trying to make himself right and look right. Using what I've said in a message a few weeks ago in a, in a letter. Uh, you, I mean, using things you just think, my goodness, this guy. The heart sickness of somebody uh, that is driven by this. So, that's my story. And I'm sure if, if whoever's yourselves and everybody's listening, you know, you go, well, how does how, how, how's that played out in my life, is it happening the now, how am I dealing with the things that's coming against me, the thoughts, the irritations, the annoyances, the accusation, the judgement, you know, whatever way that that's coming against us, how do we deal about it, how do we deal, because for me, <laughs> that 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 stuff comes in and causes strife in my home, that stuff comes in and, uh, you know, your your reaction is who who likes being uh, accused? Who likes being uh, being um, you know? And, and as I said to you, this when I talk about the enemy accusing somebody, claiming that something somebody has done something wrong. The accuser of the brethren, the, the enemy is is uh, is what his names in, in Revelation twelve. Who likes it? None of these do. Even if it's the voice in our head, we're talking about, thinking about what we're thinking about before we accept these wrong thoughts. Or what about it when it's coming full frontal at you? And how do we respond? So, imagine it was quite a hard night me and Linda had when that letter came in, when you're hearing and reading these things. Next morning I'm at my my college course. And I'm talking to... um, my the, the the actual the lady that I mentioned at the beginning here, and uh, so mentioned some stuff about what had happened, and then I started, don't know why, but I started telling her about a, a story I had years ago. I worked with a company, and I was mistreated. I was a Christian. The people who I was working with, they were kind of hostile to that, 
and this day there was a particular incident that was that was just it was, it was mistreatment from the others to me, and then this influenced the guy I was working for, and so I then had all this stuff on the the mistreatment, how unfair it was, the judgment, all the stuff, pro, try to process, process all that, and I was staying in Stevenson, I remember this feeling, go to the pub, because that's how I coped in the past, try to block out the pain, but what I'd done was I went down the beach, and I'd done what I mentioned last week, I wrote a letter out of all the levels of my feeling, the anger, the resentment, the hurt, the frustration, the disappointment, the fear, and then the forgiveness, to eventually get to the point of love and understanding. And I remember sitting down that beach and I had, what a release, I had joy in my heart. So I walked back up our dear wreck. I'm walking, this, uh, you know, up towards, back up towards the house. And I stop just at the beginning of the, this grassy area, which goes on for a, a miles it feels, um, uh, uh, you know, down at the bottom of the Stevenson. And I, I am standing, and I see a woman with two dogs. And she's walking, as you can imagine, this big area of grass. She's walking with one dog by her side. Walking, no stopping. The other dog is getting further away. Now, I'm sitting on the pavement observing. And the, the, the master, the owner, is saying, Come on, son, come on. The dog's no gone. Then a big Akita dog came out of this long grass and the, the wee dog then gets taken up with this big dog getting further and further and further away from the um, you know from from our, from our leader from, from, from the owner and you know I felt, I felt guidance through that situation I felt God said to me in that moment I could go back to work tomorrow and take take up with us and, and confront these people for the mistreatment and get ta- or taken up with it. And I knew inside you're just going to get so taken up, so consumed with this. And I knew the guidance was just keep doing what I've told you to do. In other words, fight with the weapons I'm a kingdom, like the Second Corinthians says. You're no fighting with the weapons of the world. This is no a battle that you need to fight with anger, with vengeance, with resentment. The the you know the wrong weapons. Fight with my weapons that give you a God-given conquering strength. They're able to totally smash, pull down, and overthrow these wrong things. Um, resolve and help you resolve. This, 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 this is this is really what what it was, what, what the message was, and what happened to me on Friday. After I got to bed, I done this. Me and Linda wrote wrote a letter to resolve our own feelings, our own hurt, our own disappointment, our own resentment. And then take a stand. You know, the Bible talks about in Ephesians 6, having done all, stand therefore. Stand. Having done everything you've needed to do, stand. 
the word in the, in the dictionary says it's to adopt a particular attitude about a thing. You know, with all these accusations or the thoughts that the, 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 the thoughts that attack our minds, resolve them and then adopt resolve them for what? It's to resolve them to adopt a particular attitude. That's what keeping in really says, cause to continue in a specified condition. Uh, to to resolve things so that you don't end up getting taken out. We've just watched the me and Lyndon Daniel have just watched about five Star Wars movies over the last weeks there. And the one of the main messages was about the dark side trying to convert the Jedi Knights over to the dark side by getting them to be like them. They wanted the Jedi Knights to hate just like they hate. They just become full of hate, just like the leaders in the dark are full of hate. To have their heart hardened and deadened so that they're capable of great evil, just like the ones, the leaders of the dark side, had hearts that were hard and deadened and capable of great evil. That's what the, that's what the, uh, the goal of evil is in killing our hearts. Stealing our freedom, destroying our life. Um, so the goal, and this is this is what my wee devotional, beautiful light on this. Fight with God's weapons for what? Fight with prayer, with love, with peace, with forgiveness, with with uh, you know with self control. We understanding. Why? He says this. Abide in my love. He says, a loving, an atmosphere of loving understanding towards all men. That is your part to cultivate. He says this. Which you hear this promise? Never heard that better in all my life. He says, and then I surround you with a protective screen that keeps all evil from you. And he says, it is fashioned, this screen, this protective screen that keeps all evil from us, is fashioned by our own attitude of mind, our own words, and our own deeds towards others. Hallelujah. Um, you know, our only responsibility is to keep our own hearts right, to guard them, to keep them in a specified condition that our atmosphere of love and understanding towards all men, that this protective screen will keep all evil from me, you know, to make sure my inner life is all that it should be. So that, look, see the guy that's accusing, the guys that are that are uh, maliciously attacking, they are going to reap what they sow. And so am I. I'm going to reap what I sow. And I'm going to sow love. I want to experience love. I want, I want to experience forgiveness and mercy and grace. Uh, these folk that are wanting to assault you and attack you and assassinate your character, tear your reputation to pieces, they're going to reap with the soul. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. Uh, he says, do not be overcome in Romans 12 by evil. Don't let it beat you, conquer you, but overcome evil. Beat it. Uh, um, crush it by doing good.
Praise God. I'm just going to finish with um, prayer and something that Darren used to say to me. I started working the forestry in 2015. It's a hard gig. I would be looking at these jobs, some of the sites I was on, going, goodness me, you know, you're, you know, up and down hills all day, monsters of hills, and it would be daunting, it would be intimidating. And Dan would keep saying, count it all joy, <laughs> right? He would be quoting James chapter 1, and, uh, you know, it's the portion of scripture that says, brethren, Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, temptations, tests. Now, he was saying that in the context of this big, massive job. You're going, oh my goodness, that's horrible. He was saying, count it all joy. You know, and it was, it was remember, this job, at the beginning, it was like hard to, for me personally, it was hard to go, can I count that as joy? No way. But you look at the, if you look at the portion in James 1, the subheading is profiting from trials. And it, really that's what Dan was saying, counting this all joy. You profit from this. You're going to profit. The, the, it then says, the testing, why would, you, why would you count this as joy? Now, it's, it, this is, I mean, I tell my family, I tell folk that aren't they walking in these things, they'll think this is the worst thing you can ever experience, people accusing you of sorts coming at people persecuting you. But that's no, that's no, uh, um, that's no how the Bible frames this stuff. The Bible frames this as, this is a test of you, your faith. And it's going to produce in you a patience and an ability to tolerate things that's going to result in a maturity. It says, let this have its perfect work in you, that you may be perfect, mature, complete, and lacking nothing. No perfect as in, never going to get nothing wrong. But there's an element of your heart that becomes mature, that grows up, that's able to see persecution and difficulty without being so intimidated and subdued, like we mentioned, Sun Tzu's quote, the supreme art of war is to subdue your enemy without fighting. It's to recognise, I hear you knocking, but you can't come in. All the, the dirt that you can try and fling on me, keep throwing it, it's just going to boomerang. Who can curse whom God has blessed. I love that. I heard Kenneth Hagin say it years ago. Somebody's cursing him. Who can curse who God has blessed? So, this morning, I just want to encourage you with, a, with that message. Encouraging you to count it all joy. To learn to appreciate these trials. To appreciate, uh, um, you know, um, that we are profiting from trials that we go through, from these, these challenges. And the, 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 the need for us to rise higher than ever. To, to stand firm. And me and my wife have resolved we are going to fight with God's weapons. We are not going to fight back with bitterness and resentment and judgment. And come back with the things that will just trap us and make us capable of the same evil. And by the way, two weeks from now, me and my wife will be speaking to each other the same way. When we let that in. A little leaven leavens a whole lump. So we decide, no, we're going we to go this way. So, God, we pray this morning. God, I pray, Lord, uh, these words have encouraged and strengthened. God, that we have...
clear guidance on this battle, clear details where it's to be fought, and the weapons we have to use. So I call new ability forth for each person, call new capacity and confidence and wisdom and vision to enable each person to update ourselves. God, as I think of the mental health aspect of COVID, God, and what, what the, the weakness of, uh, that's happening in people's minds, with discouragement, we, we, when that gets in, it's the next thoughts, the next level of thoughts come in that, you know, you're just better, would you just be better off without you? And people, you know, sink deeper and deeper with the next level of accusation and lies. I pray the day that people would be, these things would be exposed for what they are. God, I pray that the chains that hold people and are blinding people, binding people, would be broken. I pray that Jesus' words, that I have came to set the captives free. I pray, I pray the day that people, God, with these, with these uh, words, would see these things for what they are and use the, the God-given weapons. That are the mighty weapons in God that would pull down these things, overthrow these things, and help us break out. And Lord, live in this place of love and understanding. Live, live in this place of prayer and peace and forgiveness, because we know I refuse to live any other way. So I pray that for each soul the day, in Jesus' mighty name. This has been the Freedom Fighter Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to connect with our services or you want more info or details about upcoming events, connect with us online at www.freedomfighter.life or drop us an email at info at freedomfighters.life. Until next time, God bless you.